You are listening to Vindex Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of The Way Back. You know, my dad told me last night, he said that you got a full ride to Kansas. You just quit. Why? My father didn't like me very much, and someone told him I was good at basketball. He paid a lot more attention to me. And I realized it wasn't me that he loved. It was what I could do. I spent a lot of time hurting myself, trying to hurt my father. I never picked up a basketball again. I need a new coach, Jack. You're the first person I thought of. The team any good? No. <laughs> In fact, the last time they made the playoffs, back when you were playing. It's the whole team, 10 kids. I want to know why they're leaving you open. It's because they don't think you could hit the ocean from the beach. Oh, snap. Heard your coaching basketball. Keeps my mind off other things. You don't decide the game. The players decide the game. I understand you're trying to motivate the team, but we have a code of conduct. Oh, bullshit! I'm working on it. Work harder. I got a feeling this team is not as bad as its record. We have to trust each other. We have to have faith. I just want you to be happy again. But you kind of want it too. Estimate the impact you can have on them. You got this. No, don't just nod. I want to hear your voice. Yes or no? Yes, coach. You're nervous. I get it. Truth is, they're more talented than you. Probably got a better coach. But I promise you, they are not a better team. Because they haven't been through what we've been through. They don't know adversity. They don't know what it's like to get knocked down, to have to get back up again. They don't know what it is to fight. We can't change the past, Jack. What we can do is choose how we move forward. All right, everyone, you were just listening to the trailer for The Way Back, and the story is as follows. A former basketball player who turned down a scholarship to the perennial powerhouse college basketball program, the University of Kansas, now an adult struggling with alcoholism, is offered a coaching job at his alma mater. As the team starts to win, he may have a reason to confront his old demons. The film is starring Ben Affleck, Al Madrigal, Michaela Watkins, and Janina Gavincar. It is directed by Gavin O'Connor and written by Brad Inglesby. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Amanda Spears. I risked the coronavirus for this. I'm sure a lot of people have been saying that lately, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I also have Josh Parham. Hello, hello. And Dan Baer. Oh, why is it always the tall, dark, and handsome ones? Jesus. He's not that handsome. Oh, come on. He's pretty damn good looking. (laughs) So... This is the way back. Um, you know, we, I think we set this up pretty well, actually, on a previous uh, show that we did. Uh, Josh, I, I think that you probably had the best summary, essentially, of what we could expect uh, before we walked into this one, given its director. So um, I actually want to like kind of just pass it over to you to reiterate that again. Uh, when you saw Gavin O'Connor was attached to direct this movie, what was the first thing that like ran through your head? Yeah, I mean, I think that Gavin O'Connor is a filmmaker that like he makes movies that are very kind of predictable and very cliched. But for some reason, he may he manages to make them work. 
and just really pull you in emotionally, at least for me. Um, like Warrior, for instance, is a movie that has every cliche you could ever imagine, and yet it still manages to work for me. And I kind of expected similar things going into The Way Back, and I feel like they were mostly met. Um, there are things about this movie that I think are really well done. I think the performances are good. I think that the basketball stuff is really engaging. The drama around the basketball stuff I have more issues with, but overall I still found it to be a decent movie that I was entertained by. Yeah, I, I, I definitely – want to pick that apart just a little bit because I think you and I differ uh, a bit there in some areas. But uh, for me, I, I, you know, also similar to you, Josh, movies like Miracle and Warrior, Gavin O'Connor, when he's focusing on the sports drama, yeah, they're cliche-filled films and The Way Back is absolutely no exception. But it's the human drama that surrounds those movies uh, that really, really suck you in. And typically they have uh, they, they're revolving around these central performances. Um, I, I think of uh, Kurt Russell and honestly the entire cast really of Miracle did such a great job. And in Warrior you had those three central performances from Tom Hardy, Joel Egerton, and Nick Nolte. And here we've got this really, really centralized performance from Ben Affleck that is extremely meta to his own life. So there's a lot working in this film's favor. Let's keep tossing it around here. Let's see uh, if there's more praise and maybe some more criticism to be had. Amanda, what about you? What did you think of The Way Back? I think there were a lot of plot holes, personally. Uh, I would have liked the kid to be a little bit more fleshed out. The kid? Wait, which kid? Like, kid All on the team? The or? Yeah, the kids. They're, they just seemed like your basic archetype of a, a basketball team. Oh, yeah. Luck. Definitely agree with you on that. They're not really flushed out. Um, I think it's a very surface level story where I really felt like I didn't care if these people won or lost. I don't know what qualifies him to teach basketball. It, <laughs> it, it seems like, you know, they wouldn't just let anybody in my high school randomly walk off the street. I, I went to the University of Cincinnati. Go Bearcats! So, you know, I went to a basketball college. It's a, you know, it's a big deal, but I, uh, yeah, I just, I really kind of didn't care about anyone in this movie. And that was my problem. I, I will definitely agree with you that outside of Ben Affleck's character, literally every single other character in this movie gets absolutely no time and attention whatsoever for any meaningful character arcs, or if there are any, it's filled with predictable cliches, as Josh mentioned before. There's very, very, very little going on outside of the main, like I said, super central. That's why I emphasized it, performance at the at the center of this movie, because literally there's nothing else around it, in my opinion, at least. Dan Baer, what about you? Uh, so my initial um, somewhat sarcastic tweet reaction to this movie was I liked it better in the 90s when it starred Emilio Estevez and was about ice hockey. Yeah. <laughs> um, that but, was a better movie but I, I and yeah and i think you just really sort of um pinpointed why amanda when you said like the kids just weren't really flushed out at all and i there was no there was little reason to care about any of them um except for even the one kid that they're was some reason to care about because he has like his problems with his father and he is sort of like an avatar for uh, Ben yeah. Affleck's character in many ways. Even him, like we don't really get to 
we don't really get to know him hardly at all. And he's just, you know, it's there. It's a lot of uh, tell instead of showing. And I think that's a really easy way to um, get me not as invested in a movie. The whole basketball aspect of it, there's no basketball in the film. There's barely any basketball. It's amazing, right? That they don't really show the games themselves. It's really all about just those freeze frames that happen on the final score and maybe a few shots of basketball, but that's it. Like until the big game when they maybe make the um, the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and when that one kid parent, and parent so shows crazy. up, you're like, yeah, what, why, yeah, why like do I care? The big climactic game. And I will say that I was kind of surprised by the structure of the movie a bit because it didn't – like um, his – relapse which of course is you know inevitably going to happen uh didn't happen when or how i thought it was going to in the movie which is something also going back to the structure though really quickly you know one of the notes i wrote down early on in the movie was um we don't know why he is the way that he is and the movie withholds the information about what has caused him to go down in this downward spiral for a very, very long time. Yeah. And then when it does uh, eventually get revealed what it what it exactly is, I have to say, um, I don't know if I coined this term. I feel like I did, but I started using a hashtag called Manchester on the court because boy, oh boy, does that does that movie remind me of Manchester by the Sea? so much which to me was actually the storytelling element about this movie that i really actually hated the most because i i felt like that was such a lazy thing to give that character as his motivation for drinking and i just really felt like it really kind of let the wind out the sails for me because there was a much more interesting method to go about i think for the source of his drinking which would have been his father and And I feel like when they tacked on this other thing, it just sort of felt like I feel like I've seen so many movies that use that to create drama for their characters. And it just feels very lazy to me. And it it feels like you do that when you don't have a more interesting option. And I really kind of resented the movie for <laughs> pulling that on the audience so late in the game, too. I mean, like, yeah, not that yeah. father issues is any less of a cliche than a dead kid but they already had that in the script yeah and if you had taken all the time you spent on the dead kid stuff and given it over to that or given it over to the kids on the team this would have been a better movie and as it is like i i was shocked when i looked at the running time for this movie and saw that it was under two hours same and i was impressed that it managed to be under two hours but at the same time i would have taken that extra five ten minutes if they had used it to flesh out some of these other characters because it would have made the film more time it feels longer because it's painful yeah well it is yeah yeah it's agonizing inspired and and frankly it's like it's not even the timothy character who's you know the drunk has been in the movie friday night lights is a more fleshed out character than what Ben Affleck got in the whole movie. I disagree, actually. And I I think a lot of that has to do with our pre-existing relationship with Ben Affleck, the person. And 
I, I will admit that if Ben Affleck was not delivering what I think is honestly a career best performance uh, in this movie, the whole movie just would have been absolute, wor- absolutely worthless. Um, as it is, I do think it is still worth checking out if you've ever once in your entire life ever felt anything for Ben Affleck as a performer. Because, yes, Gone Girl, I think, is a better role for him, but the level of reserved power that he brings to this role is something that, honestly, I didn't think he had this in him. I've never seen him deliver a performance like this before. And it really, really shocked me because I don't consider Ben Affleck to be a quote-unquote refined actor like his brother. And I I, I felt like he really, really showed us a a lair here that we've never seen. I I think Gone Girl was a better movie. Well, it is a better movie, yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) I I think that this is almost... I don't feel like he was giving me a performance in this. I think it was just almost a little too easy. Like, I'm just going to play myself for two years ago. And I think that that's part of it, too, is that, like... I think that for Ben Affleck as a person, I think that he could give two shits less what you, me, or anybody thinks about this movie because it is so personal for him. And like I said, I think that how you, however you, however you feel about him as a result of that, I, I think that will, you know, kind of change one's perception of the movie overall is how you feel about Ben Affleck uh, prior to watching this movie. Yeah, I, I will say, I think he does a fantastic job of playing a functioning alcoholic. Like, it all, they recognize so many, like, the, um, not just the actions or the things that he says, but, like, how he says them and when he's slurring his words and when he's having trouble standing and when he's perfectly jovial, like, all those things like felt very familiar as someone who has known a few high functioning alcoholics in my time. And it, it, but then again, of course it's like, well, of course he's very good at playing it because he lived it for however long. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I will admit I'm a little shocked. I looked at the Rotten Tomato score for this movie recently and I saw that it is uh, much more positive than I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you all. Mm. And I, like I said, I think a large part of that is because a lot of people, myself included, are being very, very forgiving towards a lot of the film's flaws uh, just simply because of of Ben. And I, I don't know what, why that is, if I'm being completely honest with you guys. It's almost like, I don't know, it's like when you have a friend who you know inherently is a fuck up and just keeps fucking up, but you love the guy and you want to see them succeed and to the outside people that haven't been with them for so long or have already given up, it may look like it's like, you know, for naught. But I don't know. Like, I, there's just something about Ben Affleck that for me, I've just, I've just always wanted to see the guy do well. And maybe that's because we've been with him in the industry since he's been a young kid. Maybe that's what it is. I tell you this. If that's the case, I will take uh, Shia LaBeouf and Honey Boy over this any day. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. 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 Fair. I mean, yeah. I do think that Ben Affleck does give a really good performance in this film. I don't know if I would go so far as to say I thought he was amazing. And I don't even think it's necessarily because it's this perception that he's just playing himself. I think it's actually more to the notion that a lot of movies that are about alcoholism 
are built upon repetition and intentionally mm. so there's even you know repetition in this film as a major point of the story and i think that it takes a very good filmmaker and a very good storyteller to make that interesting and i think that this movie struggles with that in a lot of places and for a lot of times when you are seeing just the descent into alcoholism while it's a very important part of this narrative and ben affleck's uh, ben affleck's narrative i feel like it gets really tiresome after a while when there's not too much nuance that comes from it so i felt like i was playing cliche bingo like there's there's his performance is not good enough for me to forgive all of this movie's problems. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a very good performance, but it's not that good. It, it's good for him. If we're, if we're doing it on the Ben Affleck scale compared to everything else he's ever done, it's good for him. Well, that, that's a very low part. I mean, he does art. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Misses it away with playing Batman. I mean, to a certain point, he is responsible for what he's done with his career. Now, he's an actor of very limited means. I, I just can't forgive him with this movie fair enough it doesn't make me really want to root for him he had a great life and he blew it up i i, I will say this I, I i there are some parts of the movie or some parts of movies in general that like where where i like that they leave some things up to the viewer to decide what a character's motivation is or um or not but and some movies where I don't like it, and this was one of those movies where I didn't like it because he is there's I do not understand what made him take this job coaching this team, even later in the movie, there's no real reason given for it. And it the way he's playing that scene, it's sort of like, well, of, of course, I'm going to take it because it's inevitable that I'm going to take it, but. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's fine. I guess, you know, it's a movie. Of course, if he doesn't take it, then there's no movie. But I, when the whole thing is about his character and the character of psychology and what he's done and what he's going to do and how he's coping with life, I feel like it needs to have a, a motivating factor for the plot to jump into gear. And I didn't see one. Yeah, I agree with you because there's a scene right before he takes the job where he's telling himself over and over that he's not going to take the job and he keeps rehearsing what he's going to say to the priest um, in his reply for that. And you're right, Dan, we never actually see the catalyst for what makes him want to actually uh, start his quote-unquote way back. Is this a paying job? That's what I kept wondering the whole movie. Well, yeah, that it's never really addressed. <laughs> like, is he getting paid for this? Is this a volunteer thing? You know, and they did say it's like a full-time commitment job, so I imagine he's getting paid. But then he's still on that construction site drinking. Yeah, still it's like, on, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of unanswered questions to your point, Amanda. There's a lot of plot holes in there. And another thing, too, that, like, really angered me a little bit um, was the relationship that they that the movie tried to develop between his character and Dan, the assistant coach, played by Al Madrigal in this. And I, I was very, very frustrated about where that relationship ended because, um, spoiler alert, even though we've spoiled already a, a good deal here, um, the assistant coach, Dan ends up turning him in 
essentially, to the priest um, or ratting him out or whatever you want to call it. For coming in hungover. Yeah. Well, no, he had alcohol in his office, too. So, I mean, he had really no – he had to. I mean, I'm sorry. Well, but but the thing is that, like, the movie frames it not so much as, hey, Jack, I'm trying to help you as a friend here. I'm doing you a favor. It's just, like, they instead portray it as – well, I'm a by the book guy, and you broke the rules, so fuck you. And it's well, like, I mean, I, I think I would actually push back on that just a little bit because he did confront him earlier, saying, "Hey, I saw there were some beer cans in there. Don't let that happen again." I mean, and I think that in a more in another movie, you would maybe have the scene of a confrontation of like, "Hey, I'm really trying to help you," but in, I did actually kind of appreciate in that in this film, no, he's a guy who's an assistant coach on a high school, and this stuff is serious, and it I, didn't I let Catholic him off the hook. School, let's not forget exactly. And I, yeah. but I, I viewed it more to like Amanda's point. Like, I viewed it almost as a plot hole in the sense of like, I felt like that there was more that could have been done to flesh out once again these side characters and make their drama to the story more compelling. Well, I, I think that that's something that you can say that maybe his character could have used more um, attention and been and could have been fleshed out more, but I think in terms of the story. I felt that it was completely justified that, hey, yeah, you brought alcohol to this school and you're out. And I actually liked that the fact that the movie uh, stuck with those consequences, that it wasn't just like, okay, well, we'll give you one more shot. Like, no, he he was out at that point. And I'm glad that the movie stuck to his decision to do that. Although what I I don't understand is how, like, random people in this town that he lives know – uh, they, yeah. Then that character enough to know that he is a drunkard and doing this all the time, but the the priest who is in charge of this high school apparently doesn't. He's too busy praying to God and he's off social media, Dan. <laughs> I don't no, know what to then, tell you. And then also, <laughs> not only that he doesn't know that, but also doesn't know his history. To like, and I don't understand in that big scene why that character doesn't spill his guts. I feel like, I feel like Dan, I feel like you're describing Game of Thrones season eight where it's like, stop asking all these questions. We got to get moving. We got to, the story's got to get told. I think that there's a few (laughs) other, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of problems with the basketball aspect of this because one, it's a high school. It's not like the YMCA team where, yeah, they could just pick somebody off the street. Usually, at least at the high school I went to, if you were, you know, coaching the basketball team, you were a teacher. No, he's just yeah. a former star who they all remember being great. And I, I would have believed it more if they did know about his issues and they were trying to give him this as a way to kind of help him along. Yeah. Well, community because, like, service, that would have made a lot more sense. Like the movie implies that this job, if you can call it a job, is helping him get better. Yes. Until all of a sudden it then decides to imply that actually maybe he's secretly been drinking the whole time and we just haven't noticed. Yeah. So when they have that scene where he pretty much begs them to let him keep it, it's like it's interesting because on one hand, yeah, I kind of do see the argument of this is actually helping him. But on the other hand, it's like, no, we've seen enough. Say that. Well, yeah, we've seen enough examples of his repeated behavior over and over that it isn't helping. And then I do find it, the movie gets interesting because once he does lose the job, I remember thinking to myself, okay, well, what's the end of the movie now? Yeah. I, yeah. And that was what I was talking about. Like so that. So cliche. 
it didn't quite happen the way that I thought it was going to happen. Right. And I, I kind of admire the movie for sticking to its guns and not going for the sentimental sloppy coach shows up at the big game ending. But at the same time, like <laughs> this is equally cliche, just in a different way. <laughs> Which I don't disagree necessarily. Like this is what Gavin O'Connor does. Like his yeah. movies are but he's very good shit. Yeah, you know yeah. what? This is nowhere near as good as Warrior. No, I think it all comes down. I think it all comes down to the screenplay. Yeah, I think we've all seen cliched movies where it's like, yeah, it's so formulaic. But you know what? For whatever reason, we love it anyways. We don't care. This is not that movie. I mean, even the stuff with the wife. It's like, why is she still married to him? She should just get the divorce papers because clearly they are on completely opposite planets at this point. Agreed. I mean, I could see why they would still maybe be together because like going through a divorce is very messy. And, you know, if you want to just take some time off, I could see that. She's dating someone. So, like, I I mean, they go out of her way. They go out of their way to shame her for trying to move on from (laughs) drunkard Ben Affleck. It's like thinly veiled. Personally, I, I think, you know, it's like they're all going to fail upwards in this film. If a woman made this movie, it wouldn't be like, oh, good for her. It, it, this would be almost career ending. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. I, you know, there are a couple of other things about this movie, too, from uh, I once again, I, I the more I think about it, the more and more I kind of just come back to. Ben Affleck is the only positive thing about this movie for me personally, and I feel like literally everything else is a negative. Even things like the score, which I find to be like the most just typical drama, emotional heavy piano notes score you could possibly imagine. Oh, Lord. Um, and then there's like these moments with the cinematography where I was like, why is the camera doing a zoom right now? Why? Wh- wh- what is this shooting style? Like, like, I was just baffled at times by the way Gavin O'Connor was shooting this. I do want to say, though, like, I do have a, a lot of problems with the movie, but I did like it overall. And I do want to stick up for the basketball scenes in particular, because I'm going to tell you that I am not a sports person at all. I've never watched a basketball game. I do not oh, care about sports God. at all. I don't I don't care. I just don't care about sports. But I did like the way that these were done. And I found that yes. they're, the way that they kind of approached all the basketball scenes is very, very like analytical and explaining all the pieces that need to happen. Like for me, as somebody who doesn't care about the sport at all, I found myself invested and interested. And maybe if you are into it, you have a different perspective. But for me, I thought that was really, really well done and got me invested in something that usually I could give two shits about. <laughs> the, the best totally element of that was how much they highlighted that the team was short. And as a result of that issue, which is a big issue in basketball, oh yeah, the movie highlighted all the things that they needed to do to overcome that, and I thought that was explained extremely well. That's why you yeah. see them beat Kentucky one time in, in the March Madness tournament. Sorry, I... Yeah, you're <laughs> literally yeah. the plane just flew right over my yeah, head. You're talking <laughs> my language. <laughs> the bench wasn't deep enough. Like I said, you see, like they they call the day Kenyon Martin broke his ankle the day the music died at UC at where I went to school. Like they take it very seriously. They have a statue of Oscar Robertson. Yeah, they they take it very seriously. You can't go to that school. And I was in a, the, the I was in the theater 
electronic media building, and that's how seriously they take it. So I think that the problem is, is that the kids are not well-developed enough that I would find the basketball anywhere interesting. Yeah, the only thing I got from those scenes was this is the one kid who is um, all of a sudden a de facto leader, and this is the one white kid who's full of himself and is always macking out with the girls. That's all I got. <laughs> oh, oh, and there's one kid who likes to dance a lot. I forgot yeah. I forgot about him. I, well, then the, also the kid from, um, uh, oh, God, I forgot the Netflix show. Uh, American Vandal, the second season. He was on that, which I don't watch. So I, 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 I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> uh, he was the one they threw off the team initially. Oh, oh, back, oh! Back into... You know what? I like his scene when he goes back to um, yeah, uh, like Jack to too. ask him to be put back on the team. Actually, uh, I'll say this: yeah. there was a lot of me. Like, I of course this was helped by the fact that there was almost no one in my screening that I went to today, but like I was definitely talking back to the screen a lot at the characters <laughs> because I was like, I partially because like I knew exactly what was going to happen, but because of that, I was kind of getting into it because like the film was trying to play like it was much more subtle and smarter than the cliches, but it always leaned into the cliches. So <laughs> I quite enjoyed that. But it doesn't even it, it doesn't even establish how he knows how to coach. Like just because you can play a sport doesn't mean you could coach. Oh, sport. I don't think they hide well, the fact that he's that a bad too. coach. Yeah. He no, says I, it to I, the to the um to the priest. You know, he's highly aggressive, he's constantly cursing all the time. The way yeah. he motivates the kids, he motivates them with anger and insults. Oh no, he's a he's a poor co- coach. Well, I think one thing that maybe you can look at with this film though, and something that you can use to justify it is that the team is absolutely terrible. And I think that they are very desperate for basically anybody yeah. that can lick them into shape and getting somebody who used to go to that school, did have a good record on the team initially. Like that's sort of maybe all the qualifications that they are looking for at the moment. It doesn't explain away everything, but I think in a very basic manner, that is what they're using to, to hand wave it away. And I can understand that that doesn't work for you. It did the bare minimum job for me. I will say that for um, an Irish, I, I think he's, yeah, he's supposed to be an Irish character. I think, um, I'm pretty sure he is I- Irish Catholic, and the fact that it's a Catholic high school, I'm yeah. really, really glad that the movie did not lean heavily into um, religion as a theme in this movie. Yeah, that's the only thing it didn't hit in Bingo. Well, I, no, I, I, because seriously, the movie was hitting was on so many different cliches that I was like, oh, please, for the love of God, don't tell me that Jack Cunningham's going to find Jesus at the end of this movie. So I just, I, I can't bear it. One thing that kept it from cliche Bingo is that yeah. they didn't hit religion. That's why yeah. they yell bingo in the middle of the theater is because they didn't do that. That's like the one thing they didn't do. I really did laugh that the one time that they show the team praying to God, which is something that you would imagine a Catholic high school team would do before every game. But the one time they do it is after he's left the team. Mm-mm. Because like he his whole thing is like kind of like, you know, swearing and shouting and being very anti-Catholic school faculty that you would expect <laughs> well that's when the other priest took over the yeah, one who was exactly. with the team all the time right and it's yeah. like it made sense and it was i i laughed out loud i, I did okay so now with all that said uh we're gonna uh, just say final thoughts on the way back great out of 10 oscar potential amanda do you have anything to mention that uh we have not already brought up you mentioned oscar potential that's cute. we do it for every review amanda i know i'm just saying okay um Nope, I'm good. Okay. 
Great out of ten. Uh three. Oof. Oh. Brutal. Okay. Dan Bear, what about you? I'll say this. I think the film works at the most like base level. Like there's a baseline level of competency, and I don't think it ever dips below that. Um Ben Affleck is by far the best thing about it. Um, without him in it, it wouldn't this wouldn't be worth talking about. Um, and I give it a six out of ten. Now I just get to be the evil big. Gosh. <laughs> You're just being honest. No, I appreciate your honesty, Amanda. I really do. Yeah. Um, you know, I, the movie definitely has a lot of problems, and it has a lot of problems that are in every movie that Gavin O'Connor makes. But like his other movies, I tend to still get won over by it in the end. And while this is not the most successful version of this type of movie that he's done in the past, I will totally admit that. In the moment, I was won over by it in many, many uh, places. And I think that when you take Affleck's performance, which I did like, if you take the basketball scenes, which I thought were very, very well done, and I think all of that comes together for a movie that I overall did enjoy. It's not life-changing for me. It's not going to be in my top ten at the end of the year. But at the end of the day, did I have a good time while I was watching it overall? Yeah. And because of that – I would give it a 7 out of 10. It's kind of a soft 7, but it does mean that I ended up liking it overall. And the way I see this movie is I'm with you, Josh, on the soft 7 aspect of it all. But here's the thing. If this movie is a turning point for Ben Affleck and the rest of his career and honestly the rest of his life moves in the positive uh, trajectory, then I, I, I will stand by that 7. If – you know, things don't go well and we find ourselves in another situation again where yet there has to be another Ben Affleck comeback story at some point down the road. Um, I think this movie will definitely lose a bit of its power because a lot of the filmmaking issues with this and a lot of the uh, cliched aspects of the story, it, it seems to me that for both Gavin O'Connor and for Ben Affleck, this was a, this was more so all about Ben. This was about Ben having to deal with a lot of personal uh, struggles that he's been dealing with in his life. And this was Gavin O'Connor just trying to find the bare minimum, bare bones script that he could use to help his friend and go on this like very personal uh, journey with him. I don't think I, 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 I'm sorry. I do think that's why literally everything else around the movie is just so competent or just unfleshed out because I don't believe those two guys really cared about anything else. Honestly, so if if the trajectory of Ben Affleck's life and career moves in the positive direction, it won't matter if it, you know, goes downward again, then it's like this movie just will forever like <laughs> it will be another blip on the radar of his career. Essentially. See, I didn't need to see his therapy session. Personally. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I mean, once again, I think that depends on how you feel about the person, because a lot of people didn't need to see Shia LaBeouf's therapy session with Honey Boy Ivor, and that got a very positive reception. I think it all depends on how you feel about the person prior to watching the therapy session in the end. I, but also, I, Honey Boy had like had a point of view and, and, it and had an artistic, artistic quality to it that you know kind of looked at that whole situation a little sideways this is much more straightforward and and that's like i wonder i do wonder if like if ben affleck 
may have been involved in the writing process or something um, if the movie would have turned out better. Because, like I said, it does just feel like they just took whatever script, met the bare bone minimum requirements for what they wanted to do personally for themselves, and they just ran with that. You know what I mean? Well, I feel like the problem just comes down to the fact that the difference between Shia LaBeouf and for Ben Affleck for me is how many second chances has Ben Affleck had? Two. Where this is Shia, well, yeah, well, this is Shia LaBeouf's <laughs> real comeback story. This, to me, it's it's just kind of like, okay, how many more chances does he get? How is he going to screw it up this time? And it's not always, you know, he has a very flippant attitude about some of the things that they, he's been asked about. And, and personally, it, I'm not emotionally invested in this movie because it's not a fleshed out enough story, even his character. All right. We got to mention Oscar potential. Here it comes. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, here's, here's my feeling on this. I do not think that Ben Affleck will contend in any way, shape or form for this movie. It's too early in the year. However, if the last duel later on in this year, uh, turns out to be freaking excellent, maybe the way back could be, um, a way of pushing Ben for towards goodwill for that role instead. Possible. Mm, maybe, but I would not bet on that i'm gonna probably say ben affleck will never receive an oscar nomination for acting for the rest of his career oh no i don't think so either really i don't think he ever received an oscar no he hasn't ever so i'm saying that will continue that he will never receive an oscar nomination for any performance that he will ever give this reminds me why he didn't play goodwill or why he didn't play will (laughs) yeah like this for those people who always wonder go ever now and then go Gee, I wonder how they decide between Matt and Ben for, for the, the lead role. This is why. Yeah. I don't think it's an accident that Matt Damon is the one that's got nominations for acting and Ben Affleck doesn't. <laughs> but hey, Ben is a better producer, director, and writer. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's well, that. Matt, 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 uh, yeah, he hasn't I, really I, done I don't it. Think, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that uh, it's, it's difficult. I don't, don't want to trash him too much, but again i i don't see him or this film even being remembered at oscar time no no i don't think so either that's why i think it can only serve as a a means to an end if there if there is another one presented i don't think there's it'd even help with the last duel I, i think it'll be completely forgotten all right we'll see if you live in a city where coronavirus is is uh really rampant don't leave your home to see this movie <laughs> wait for dvd people. wait yeah wait until it comes on streaming yeah yeah i, I think it's a streaming movie yeah at the end of the I day. if you're that. bored on like a saturday or a sunday and you're we get it amanda <laughs> okay all right we get it we get it if you're quarantined <laughs> all right we get it we get it jesus can we stop shitting all over the guy jesus he's recovering alcoholic my god there's a lot of recovering alcoholics in hollywood who don't make this kind of crappy movie Bravo, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> hey, one could argue that Iron Man 3 was that movie, FYI. Well, 
you didn't go that obvious. All righty. Well, uh, Amanda, where can I find you on the internet? I don't think I want to say because I'm sure I'm going to get <laughs> trashed by all of Ben Affleck's rampant fans. But you can find me at Miss Amanda Spears. I can guarantee you that the Batman v Superman fans do not listen to our show. Dan, where can I find you on the internet? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter talking about anything else uh, at Dance and Dan on film. Josh Parham. And you can find me on Twitter at J.R. Parham. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of The Way Back here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player, FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.